Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to another episode of MPL. Today we have two really special guests and two of my really, really good friends who I've known for many, many years. Ismail, I've known him for close to 10 years, Arib for about seven or eight, and Yasmin for roughly about seven months. So we're going to be talking about our experiences with Islamic school today. Um, just because that has been something that all of us have experienced and we've experienced it within that environment as well as outside the environment. So we wanted to just share our thoughts, what we thought about it and uh, some of the things we liked and we didn't like and address the misconception or potential reality of it being a bubble, not preparing us for real life. So without further ado, do you guys want to just introduce yourselves? Arif, go for it, bro. Hey, Assalamualaikum. So as Fizan said, um, I've known Fizan since I think grade nine, so it's been uh, quite a while. I'm a third year computer engineering student from Waterloo, and Fizan and I, we both went to ISNA. So that's kind of like the Islamic school perspective that we're coming from. Yeah. Right, Ismail? Okay, so uh, my name is Ismail. Um, I have known Fizan for, as he said, almost 10 years. We met in grade six um, when I was a fr uh, fresh off the boat kid. Uh, coming straight from Saudi Arabia and um, I just finished my finance advanced diploma at Sheridan and inshallah I'll be heading to UFT. Hi guys you already know me I'm Yasmeen uh, and I'm going to be sharing um, my elementary school experience uh, with Islamic school as well. Cool uh, yeah you guys know me as well I've been in Islamic school since grade six all the way through grade 12 so basically the second half of my education was uh, in an Islamic school. All right, we wanted to start it off easy by just talking about some of the more fun stories that we've had, because uh, I know uh, with Arib and Ismail, we've had some really interesting and fun stories throughout the years. So if you guys want to just share maybe a story or like a really memorable moment. Um, yeah, so does anyone want to start? Uh, I'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for it, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, should, should I say, I'm going to go with the story that we talked about yesterday um, <laughs> how I met Faison uh, in, actually initially so um, I was yeah as I said fresh off the boat um, I was you know brand new to Canada first day of school we meet on my brother was um, a private bus driver he was a sweetheart at, you know at heart we I feel uh, I think Faison would agree but yeah. um, it was fair to say that he was a very grumpy guy <laughs> at least um, at least maybe we were the cause I don't know um, but from the first I day of we school, <laughs> I, I think we were, bro. So from the first day of school, 
uh, he, he had, uh, yeah, it was basically us terrorizing him and him screaming at us uh, all the time, pretty much. And I think the most memorable story from that bus is that when me and Faison came up, I think it was me because Faison, you weren't a bad influence, bro. I think it was me who influenced <laughs> you into this. And because uh, I remember vividly me always convincing you into it. Because you would be like, bro, let's be good today. Let's not do this. But I would convince you to doing the following. So we had a friend. He was on um, uh, a podcast that you also are on, Step Mentorship, uh, named Imad. And he was also on the bus. And what we would do is we would go under the seats of the bus. And we would basically steal his shoes off his feet. <laughs> and we'd start throwing them around the bus. <laughs> and it's pretty dangerous if you actually think about it. Because if that shoe hit the front, like if it hit brother from while driving the bus, yeah, that would have been bad. But yeah, it's funny looking back at it now in retrospect. Yeah, that was definitely one of my one of the most fun moments for sure. And uh, mm. I'm pretty sure there had been a time or two where it almost went out the window. But you were hey. twelve year old kids having fun. It, it is what it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're we're still friends with Imad too. Just FYI for anyone who's wondering. All right, Arib. So. I don't know, it's hard to just pin it at one memory and one moment. I think like what I enjoyed most and the most fun was just like the vibes, you know? Like you walk in every day, it's the same friends, you all know each other. Those um, musalla sessions when you're not supposed to be eating in the musalla, but everyone's just gathered in a circle eating their food and chilling. <laughs> I think like the vibe is kind of what like was most fun uh, about like Islamic school in general. But like if we have to point it to one memory, like a memory without like taking names of someone and putting someone in the bus because we have a lot of those. Um, it would be in grade, um, I think it was 10 or 11, Fizan, when we went on the ski trip. And then uh, I think around like 11 p.m. or something, a bunch of us, we decided to have like a snowball fight outside. It wasn't the best idea, but it sounded fun at the time. So we all went and we had this snowball fight or whatever. And some kids accidentally started hitting cars, but no one cared because everyone just wanted to like, you know, get everyone else. So a few cars were hit in the process and then security pulled up. And when security pulled up, all of us just like ran away. And there was like this door that had like a staircase that was like pouring up. And all of us just started running up the stairs. I think like only two or three of kids of the kids stayed back. Bizan being one of them, him and uh, one of our other friends, I mean. And then, so what we didn't realize at the time is that the the building we were running up on had a glass window. So the security, when he pulled up, he just saw 20 kids running up the stairs and we thought we were being slick by running away. So that, that was a fun time. We got punished after by our principal, but uh, it, it was a fun experience. Uh, funnily enough, me and the other guys who stayed back didn't get punished because we were the yeah. more responsible ones. Yeah, of but, course. Of yeah, course. Time, and then for some reason the school thought like we should punish ourselves and we should develop our own punishment. So then our idea was to organize a FIFA tournament tournament <laughs> as if that was punishment for us. Yeah, we told them we're helping out the student council. And uh, we, I think we did a FIFA tournament as a fundraiser. And so we ended up raising like $100 or something. But it was so much fun. We just had like pizza and FIFA. And that was our punishment. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Okay. I, I heard confronted you guys pretty heavily. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we I, there was a lot of restrictions put on, put on the ski trip after our uh, little shenanigans for sure. Usually how it goes with our class, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Usually how it goes. Yeah.
Right. Oh, by the way, um, I didn't I didn't mention earlier, but I know you guys all did. So I was uh, in Islamic school for only three years, from grade six to grade eight, and then I moved on to public school. Yeah. Islam, you didn't mention your favorite memory. Oh, yes, me goes first, and then I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Better be respectful. Yeah, I'll leave now. Thanks, Reem. Hashtag. Not a <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were getting like all the Ista stories out of the way first before moving on. I know mine's pretty boring, but like I have I have two favorite memories. So my first one is just like like every morning we would before we'd go into class we'd have like this long dua session, and I, I like miss that because you know you're starting your day off with the name of Allah, and like that that was like super fun. Now I every time I wake up in the morning and I'm just there, I'm like I check my phone and everything like that, and I don't I don't think of like you know starting my day off with like doing something spiritual you know and then my second favorite memory was um in grade eight uh we we were we were really we were a really bad class like really bad we got our uh end of the year trip taken away we <laughs> we couldn't go to ottawa anymore like we were so bad um so basically my friends and i we would all cut up erasers and during class while the teacher wasn't looking we would throw it at each other and this one time my um i don't remember if it was me or my best friend she had a big like piece of eraser and she throw she threw it and it and it hit my um it hit my french teacher's butt <laughs> and it bounced off and she turns around and she's like who did this and then i just burst into laughter because i couldn't i couldn't like i couldn't handle it and then she's like get out of the room and like i'm like i was like the goody tissues i would I, I have never gotten like kicked out of the room or anything and she's like get out and everyone looks and they're like oh, yasmin just got kicked out and yeah i got out and i the principal saw me outside and i got in more trouble but yeah that's my favorite memory <laughs> but, yeah. since uh, you brought up the fact that you guys got your trip taken away um that <laughs> that's uh reminds me of some memories for us um me and Faison actually um our class uh we were we were a, a, tr a troubled class um we definitely if you go and ask the faculty they would tell you about our class our class is you know great memories of all the teachers i had to endure because of you know four guys but mind you that's like about 40 percent of the guys in our class because we had like only 10 or 11 but um we were very uh, in the know like you know straight out we're gonna lose our uh, wonderland trip which was our grade eight graduation trip however we kept on like doing <laughs> doing us basically and then one day as i was talking about um yesterday that we got our uh, we got a call from the, our principal and he let our homeroom uh, teacher know that we lost our Wonderland trip and obviously us being rowdy boys like we kind of went off and um, next period he calls back and he gives us another chance. I'm going to call uh, so you off for one happy. second. Keep in mind yeah. this is not a different date. This is like 30 minutes apart. Like each of what he's about to say is literally 30 minutes mm -hmm. apart. <laughs> yep. This is yeah exactly. as. As uh, this is just periods of class difference between uh, uh, all the different uh, events. And um, I think it was, yeah, it was snack time because it was two periods, then snack time. So, yeah, by second period, we got our privileges back. And then by third period, just snack time, we went to this for some reason. 
obviously like the staircase where all the bad things happen and we were there um for a while i think for most of snack time and i had this really really bouncy basketball that was over pumped completely uh phase i still remember this is a red like big basketball so Yo, your um, video turned off yeah yeah my bad, uh, there my we bad. Go. let me turn it there better um so it was like this big red basketball and it was really over pumped and we we're just throwing it around on the uh stairs and i think we just wouldn't or something and this is yeah, like, our, we can our, cut our out this. Let's not mention names. <laughs> we can cut oh, okay, out. Okay, okay. Blur them out. Yeah, bleep, bleep it out. Bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our friend, our classmate, toe punts it. While he's on the staircase, it hits the corner of the door and it bounces right back at us. We, like, some of us duck and all we hear is a big smash. And we look behind us and a whole fluorescent light is completely obliterated. And at that moment, I think we all knew. <laughs> no one trip was expected. Like, said, "Yep, as we expected, our Wonderland trip was terminated within three periods." Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. for me, I have my. I think one of my most fond memories of something that happened was just fun. And I'm not gonna mention names here, but Arif's gonna know who I'm talking about. I'm gonna use the letters. K and the letters A to represent people. So it was the first day of the new year. It was grade 10. So all, all of our classmates knew each other already. We're all friends. We have an assembly during second period, which usually takes about an hour. And the period is about an hour and 15 minutes. So we go to the assembly, we come back, and we were thinking that there's going to be no class and they're just going to give us an extended lunch period. But that wasn't the case. We had to go to art class. We go into art class, there's 15 minutes left. And the teacher is just kind of like giving an overview of like what the course is going to be like, whatever, whatever. And A and K, our friends, are just sitting in the back, laughing, doing stupid stuff, whatever. And our teacher, he had like a thick Arab accent. He says like, K, get out of the class. And then the guy, and then this guy K, he's like notorious for being a troublemaker and he always gets kicked out of the class. And then my friend A, he literally yells, finally one last dumbass in the class and literally as soon as he said that the teacher's like hey get out of the class <laughs> and that was so funny to me uh, <laughs> it's so ironic and it would it just fit the perfect mold and that was like the foreshadowing of what the entire year was going to be because those two guys were so much fun to be around and these guys were super smart as well but they were just troublemakers and it was so much fun but this is a nice, big throwback big throwback that like scenario how many times have we seen that happen in elementary bro the amount of times where one of us gets kicked out the other person is laughing and or like making fun of them for getting kicked out and it's straight out right with them i kind of feel bad now like that art class we did a lot of things we shouldn't have done i yeah. think we didn't do any art in that art class yeah, sure. but yeah, that, that's true, too. I think when we had, like, an art exam or whatever, someone else just did it for me, like, next to me. <laughs> the vanishing point to contour lies everything. Yeah, bro, I think we got, we got artistic with the way we terrorized our teachers, bro. I think that's what we, that's the, about the only art we did. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to move on now to some of the more meaty-related discussions. So I wanted to ask you guys, with respect to your experiences in Islamic school, 
for Ismail and Yasin, how you guys moved on to high school, which was public, and for, I guess, Arib and I, who, for our experiences, went into high school and then it was university. What were sort of the changes that you noticed with respect to, like, the environment and, you know, what were some of the things you kind of liked and disliked about the Islamic school environment versus the non-Islamic school environment in high school and uni? So for me, um, when I entered high school, it was like, it's there were so many people and um, it was just a lot of things that were taboo because of like culture and everything like that. And like, like it would, I saw everything, you know, and it was just, I was like, I did not know how to react and I didn't know how to talk to these people and all that kind of stuff. And I realized that I still have to talk to these people. I still have to interact with them, even if they're different from me, but I just didn't know how, because I'm like, I can't like, you know, I can't deal with you um, because I don't know how. And I would just wish in Islamic school, we were aware that these things do take place. Um, these, there are these kind of people that um they're different and i feel like the topics should have been talked about and they shouldn't have been such a taboo because at the end of the day we do live in a western society and these things are normal um and at the end of at the end of the day we had to see all these things so it was just it was very tough like grade nine and ten like really really hard for me to um accept that they're like that i'm I'm in the same, I'm in the same city. I'm in the same world, basically. So yeah, that's all I have I a have question. Are you, are you referring just in general to like people having different sort of mindsets and values or is it like a particular like niche or group of people that you're referring or are you talking no, about? No, just, just general like values. Like for example, like in Islamic school, we were told to like, you know, you need to like, um, you need to value your school and there were people who didn't value school there were and there were people who did drugs they did there were people who like they were talking about topics that i never had talked about i didn't know certain terms you know like i finally got to know all the terms probably like first year university (laughs) but yeah interesting okay Mm -hmm. um for me uh i think the biggest thing guys was the cult like it was like a it reminded me of when I first stepped off the plane for the first time in Heathrow airport because I had to connect like I didn't go straight direct from Saudi Arabia to Canada I came like to London first and then to uh, Toronto so I that I had a huge culture shock in uh, Heathrow because it was the first time I saw like a lot of things the first time I, I saw um, white people first of all uh, second of all, a lot of tattoos, a lot of piercings, a lot of like people with different hairstyles, people that talked in different ways, like all that. That was just my first, and I was 10 years old when that happened. It was reminiscent of that. When I walked into high school, grade nine, um, it was such a different environment. Not necessarily like the same things that I mentioned with the airport. It was more just like, this is a culture um, or this is an environment that I have not been exposed to. Because the three years prior, I was in an environment where, to an extent, to for definitely for the general part, we all held the same moral uh, uh, values, and we all had some sort of um, connection um, with relation to how we were raised, um, irrelevant of culture. And I think that was the Islamic part um, of like uh, how your parents raised you on an Islamic basis. Um, when I walked into high school and I met 
all these people that like, and this is just like within the first day or two. And I was just like, whoa. And another, like, I was just so taken aback by like all these different cultures, all these different, like different people that look different. Cause like, you know, we're very, in Isna, we're used to like Arab, Arab kids and brown kids, right? And yeah, then, I mean, there was some, like, I, there was a little bit of like the African, like Somali people, Sudanese people. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you're that. right. You're it right, wasn't yeah. a lot, you're right, but yeah. it was still there. Yeah, and then, but even black, they were only Somali usually. But then I was yeah. put into a school which was like, I, on the first day, I met like Asians, I met from all over like Asia, um, like what, like Europeans, like Canadian whites, um, all these different types of people, same day. And not to mention, I think the biggest, this would be the secondary shock was gender relations. So mm -hmm. I walked into uh, the last three years, um, gender relations in Islamic school is very limited. Like you don't really have, like you're not friends usually with the girls in your class. You're friends with the guys in your class. You talk with the guys in your class and that's about it. Um, it, it's, it I remember it's actually kind of like you feel weird asking a girl for like an eraser. You know what I mean? It's like very- Yeah, you like, have to ask like a teacher. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like none of the guys like, have an eraser. Can you ask some of the girls if they have an extra one? <laughs> it's like if all things fail, you ask a teacher to ask the girls. Yeah, um, yeah. But the first day, I it was such a shock, and it was so you know at the time I was like thirteen, fourteen, and um, I was I, you know me I was very curious type of person. So when I was able to talk to a, a like a girl and like 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 get to know each other, whatever, I think I made like the first week I made like nine or ten female uh, like friends. Just because I was so not used to talking to like a female in my class, like that's so weird sitting beside a female because you know they used to have desk clusters, so mm -hmm. like the, we would sit like there could be two females, there could be one. Be, so like that was so crazy because all I knew was uh, uh, what's it called? Very limited gender relations prior in Islamic school, and then I in Saudi Arabia it was a all boys school, mm -hmm. so it was like that was a huge shock for me. Uh, I can definitely relate. Arib? So, going into university, I didn't feel too much of a bubble. Like, I agree, yes, the environment was very, um, not very, it was more Islamic, which you obviously won't have in a more secular institution. But I didn't really feel like, uh, like I didn't know how to deal with it. And I may have my own reasoning behind this. One of them, I think, a lot of it does uh, come back to that the roommates I had in Waterloo were from my high school. So I was, already, I was still kind of within that environment to a sense. So I lived with like um, two or three guys from Isna and two of them, which I had known from grade six. And we all had similar morals and backgrounds. And even in my program, I would say the type of people were a bit more like-minded, I would say, in, at least in, in engineering. It felt like everyone was a bit more academic and co-op focused. There wasn't a lot of like side talk going around, to be honest. And in terms of like dealing with like other people with other values, it's not that Islamic school kind of taught me how to deal with them or like told me about them and made me aware of, aware of them. I think the difference maybe perhaps with you and I is that since we were in high school, not in elementary school, we had maybe a bit more access to the internet and we kind of knew what was going on around the world and the different types of people there are. And we kind of had that information when going into that environment. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, my, my answer is sort of like building off of yours. And I think it's very context dependent. Even for myself, I had uh, one of my classmates who was uh, go from Esna, who was going to the same university as I was. And we, we, we were roommates together. 
And so I definitely had that support system where I didn't have to go and I wasn't um, like desperate for friends right away because I, I knew a couple of people there that were Muslim and my, both my roommates were Muslim uh, and they, they kind of kept me grounded and they, they were my two like, you know, they were my two pillars for the first year and I, I was very, very anti-social at the time. Um, so I, I do agree with her even that if you have sort of a built-in support system, which I'm, I'm guessing that Yasmin and Ismail didn't have because they didn't have people going from their Islam school to public school, it makes it a lot easier to just, just like any other thing, right? Like, you know, you know, when, uh, actually, no, it's a bad example. I'm just going to skip it. But in just in general, like if you have people that, you know, doing something with you, it makes it easier. Uh, with yeah. respect to my specific experiences, I would say for me, it really hit me this year, actually because my first two years were in a, in a science-focused program. And my first two years, like, I'm, I was, like, a pretty antisocial and, like, I didn't really make an effort to make too many friends or anything. So I didn't feel it at the time, but I felt that this year when I was hanging around a lot of Ivy kids and it was a shock to me because it's a very work-hard, play-hard culture. And so these kids are super-duper smart, but they party hard. Like, I got invited to so many, like, different... Um, events and like parties and stuff like that and just like the things that i heard so for instance we have this niagara trip and people there you know they go to the strip clubs they go to the casinos that you know you drink now that's it's it's like a weekend long party really um i also i don't know how true this is but i've heard of like drugs and cocaine and whatnot i don't know how true that is but like that level versus like not being able to talk to a girl you know what i mean so it's a huge huge difference and that's kind of what my experiences are like with respect to how it hit and something that Arib mentioned is your environment will kind of dictate to what extent you feel this, right? So for him and for me in my first two years, it just, it wasn't that bad. But when you really get put out of your comfort zone, you take a step back and it's really eye-opening. You're like, whoa, I didn't even know things like this happened. And so it's very interesting. I agree with that. I, I Just to build up what you know, was saying, I think the reason you guys had such a, like a, I think I would say a better transition. Um, is because I think two main factors really. It, I think it's because you guys had a, a trans like a transitory group of friends to like uh, that helped ease uh, the 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 blow of like a new a new like uh, environment. Whether it's like different culture or not, it's irrelevant of that. Like new group of people because you already had an in with some people, and then on top of that, the age. You obviously like went. You walked into university as eighteen year olds. Like your brains are opened up. Um, you've experienced the world, whether on the internet, whether um, in real life, uh, much more. Um, and I think that's what put me at a disadvantage because I uh, walked into what's it called uh, high school at 13. You know, I didn't even turn 14 yet. And I had very little experience of what Canada was in, uh, in, its, uh, in what it or what it truly looks like for the majority uh, aspect of it because my only three years in Canada were in um, Islamic school. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say we, we focused a little bit about what the differences were and some of the areas where potentially we could see improvement with respect to like the Islamic school environment. But I wanted to now pivot and say what are some of the things that you did really like and some of the things that you saw at the Islamic school environment that you really wish were present more when you transitioned to that non-Islamic environment? So for me, I think it's more like the have you guys ever heard the saying? I don't remember the saying exactly. It was like, it's the smaller things that matter, like the finer things. Yeah, it's the small things that count. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's it, the small things that count. So I felt that with like Islam, the small things you usually don't take for uh, 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 
you don't appreciate yeah yeah you, you don't appreciate it but you really should and those things really leave an impression on you and there's like a few memories that i have like now that i'm more busy with school and work i think back to like ISPA. i think back to maybe i could have like used this better An example is like every friday when they had that like time slot allotted for you to reach through a gap in the, in the masjid that was kind of them like doing like giving you tarbiyah in a way like they were like developing that habit within you and when you go to university you don't have that one slot allocated for you anymore during the day you kind of feel it and i think in like grade 12 the way the timings uh lined up the day of arafat was like i think during school time so then they did a half day but instead of sending us home they had us in the musala just like reading quran reading the mountain doing about that and that's like small things that kind of stick with you like okay the day of arafat you're supposed to be like praying and doing good deeds and they gave you that half an hour time. They changed their schedule to provide for you. And those small things I feel like I really liked, like that kind of cultivated the environment in a way. Yeah, I know. Now you mention it, I think that's very, very true. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like is a spring gym in the gym. But that's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was an interesting thing. But yeah. yeah. I would uh, say the, my, the biggest thing or the biggest differentiator um, between Islamic school and public school was the, the care. The amount of care you feel from teachers in Islamic school, guys, completely unparalleled. Like, I'm sure you guys um, have felt that with your professors in university versus, but of course it's university. But I'm, from my high school, public school perspective, like, I remember the amount of, like, the amount of stuff our class put um, the teachers through and they still like treated us just like we were their kids um let's like let's be honest they they basically they were basically like our moms at oh damn sorry guys they were basically our moms at school and um they uh they really took care of us they really made sure to keep attend like to if they knew that you were aiming for something they would make sure to be like they're attentive and making sure to keep up with your goals um, if you had some uh, issues, they would always check up on you. Um, any, like, they just, the amount of care they put, it was so shocking for me that when I went to public school, how much, like, it's, for them, teachers there, it's a job. But in Islamic school, there is, you could definitely sense the Islamic responsibility, like, instilled within teachers. Like, they know, like, they're in charge of basically raising the next generation of Muslims in the GTA. So their efforts, if they're not like up to up to par, that will directly affect like the Muslim community. So that you could tell they're hustling and they're like going above and beyond. And I felt that 1000% every year in public school, I would reminisce and think about how my teachers in Islamic school treated me. Yeah. So uh, I remember once we had like this assembly and Fizan, you probably remember this one. Mr. Sheikh, he went up and he, he said this thing. He said he could make more money if you were like uh, scraped it to just like the school mm -hmm. next door. But he chose we'll to blur out the names just, just for like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sake. But yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, continue. Yeah. But he wanted to be here because he believed in like what the school stood for and what it was. And he kind of felt it with his teaching and along with a lot of the other teachers. And I'm just going to mention names right now because I feel like these are things that like are worth appreciating and acknowledging. Like for example, I personally felt like these teachers, they were really like, they, they cared more than just the academia side and they kind of connected more on a personal level. 
and you you really felt that like later on like once leaving like there's more than just someone lecturing to like a brick wall there's more to that yeah and i i kind of want to build off of what you said and give a story actually so i remember in grade 11 i was one of the execs on the student council and we we hosted an event for the guys which was like a night p.m and it started at 8 p.m and it would go all the way until fajr and obviously um part of it was you know and, and part of our school we had like a basketball gym and then we had like the musallah attached to it and then we had like a bunch of really cool things going on and i remember the gym at the time it was closed because you needed a teacher to come and unlock it and we had asked the teacher to come from 8 to 12 and then another teacher to come from 12 to Fajr, which was, I'm going to say around five o'clock. But the teacher and all of the guys and all the students who were participating, they came around eight, you know, we're just kind of snacking, eating, whatever. And then it's around like 10, 11, people are like, hey, like we want to play sports, we want to go to the gym. And I, me and another person who were kind of responsible, were like, hey, I don't know where the teacher is, you know, I don't know idea what's going on. And it turned out he actually had forgotten and he had, I don't know, maybe he slept in or he just forgot or whatever. And he came to the school but he forgot the keys to the gym so it was like oh you're here but like the purpose that you were like you know the, the reason you were supposed to be here is like not here so the other teacher who we were who was supposed to come two hours later he was notified somehow we didn't even tell him but he dragged himself and came to the school at 10 p.m even though he wasn't supposed to be there for another two hours just because he didn't want to feel to the kids to feel like they weren't getting what they want and because they're spending their night in like an islamic school environment even though they're playing basketball and stuff you know they wanted the kids to have fun so that they felt fulfilled that when the qiyam started they would be like i enjoyed my time i had fun and now it's time for the ibadah so that was something that really stuck out to me and that was and it's like we never we would never ask him and we would never tell him to do that, but he just cared for that, for the students so much that he did that and he went out of his way. So that was something that I, I just like never forgot. And I appreciated him so much for it. I want to, even I, like when, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I just want to say, I wish I went to your Islamic school, you guys. <laughs> Literally, yeah. you guys have such fun stories. But yeah, sorry. You They're can go fun ahead. now in, in retrospect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got in a lot of trouble. Sorry, you were saying something earlier. Yeah, I was saying. Uh, I remember even like when the teacher came, his character was so like great, mashallah. He didn't show any signs of like it's a Saturday night and I'm here two hours early. He didn't show anything like I'm gonna leave two hours early. He had like a happy face the whole time, and he did what he was supposed to do, and he didn't make you feel guilty for dragging him out there. So his character, exactly. I remember, was something I really like appreciated. At that moment and he brought like a bunch of board games with him to make sure that people who don't, didn't want to play sports they still had something to do like he was just like this guy is such like a magnificent human being oh my god yeah man. i i agree with you guys yeah. i yeah phase on you obviously know the amount of hours like we're talking like in the day's worth of time that i've spent in brother Art's office our principal um and he basically figured out pretty quickly i'm sure that I was like a lost kid, like, and I was like, kind of, kind of like a headless chicken. So I was like, you know, really crazy all over the place. And uh, he like, on top of the fact that he's a principal and like principals have so much responsibility, at least that are, at least at uh, our school, like they're, uh, they have so much on their plate. 
he took on mentoring me pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. Like Faison would like he knows when uh, uh, we would get he would call the the class for example, and um, he would ask he would see me on the camera because we had cameras in our class and he would see me going like nuts and like you know being hyper and crazy. And uh, he would call the class and ask, uh, ask for me to be sent down just so I could like, so just so he could like, um, shelter me from getting in myself into trouble. And he would take that time to mentor me. Yeah, we were all jealous, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes, mean what your uh, what did you like? Um. So for me, honestly, I've what you guys said like about the caring, like how uh the teachers actually cared about you so much that was something that also um stuck with me like uh they like at the end of the day like now that i meet these teachers like i'll bump into them at the mosque i i treat i, I treat them as a friend or a mother or something like that because they they had that effect on me so whenever whenever i see them or anything like that i always make dua for them because like the reason why i am who i am today is partly because of them too so yeah and like one thing that i didn't like um about my islamic schooling experience was like it was it was political and um it was some of the teachers did not have like their ontario uh like they didn't they weren't certified to teach they were like back home teachers and i i wasn't i wasn't fan of that style but otherwise yeah i agree with what you guys said Alhamdulillah for that experience. Alhamdulillah. So now the, the, the last bit, we wanted to focus on this notion that, you know, the Islamic school is, is great in a lot of ways. And I think all, a lot of us, all of us here appreciate it. But there is this sort of knock against it from some people that it's not really reflective of what real life is, you know, be it work or school or just like in general. Because like, like you guys mentioned, it's such a sheltered environment where, you know, in grade six to eight, like we weren't ta taught how to like deal with the opposite gender. In high school, it was a little bit more, but it's still yeah, very, it is like, more, it was yeah. still very like sheltered. So what do you guys have to say to that? And what is your take on, you know, if someone would ask you, you know, is, is Islamic school really reflective of real life or was it just like it's bubble and you got to learn all those skills by yourself? How would you respond? What are your thoughts? Uh, can I be honest with you, Faison? I think there is, uh, I, I know that a, lo a lot of people, This is the reason why we're addressing this question, I, or at least I think it's important to address this question, is that a lot of people phrase it that way, is it in the, the bubble aspect? Or is, is it reflective of real life? That's what they really, is. they always ask that question. But I think that question is wrong in the first place, because why does it, Islamic school have to reflect um, real life. I don't think that's the purpose of Islamic school in the first place. I think the reason people put their kids in Islamic school is because they know that we are in a society that over overwhelmingly does not reflect um, uh, uh, necessarily our values. So the point of Islamic school is for it to um, give uh, young uh, children a solid foundation from JK all the way up to whether it's grade eight or whether it's all the way through high school. Now, I believe that no kid that goes into Islamic high school or is even, even in middle school, like I knew there was, you know, real life was not just Muslims around, you know what I mean? So 
we like nobody has is delusional that goes to Islamic uh, school and thinks that oh this is the exact what real life should be and is. I think that um, yeah that question I think would be is kind of like uh, or not 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 the question sorry um, the uh, postulation that Islamic school should reflect real life I think is irrelevant because it really is just about developing that strong foundation and then once you have a strong foundation it doesn't matter what environment you're in. I. I would like to respond to that and I would say I agree with you for the most part, but I do think that that developing foundation piece is a primary goal of being part of that Islamic school. And I want to like diverge into two things here. Number one is that I'm just going to make this comment. We don't have to talk about it. A lot of parents think that Islamic school replaces Islamic parenting, which is a huge mistake. We're not going to talk about that right now. And the second bit is I, I think part of that developing that foundation there needs to be some reflection of quote unquote what the other side of the coin is in that what reality is because i think all of us here know without naming people we i personally have seen people go to multiple islamic schools they they were like half with when they were like 10 or 12 years old but they hung out with the wrong crowd and then you know they not only did they forget the quran but they barely prayed they do drugs they do yada 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 so that's where i would slightly disagree with you and that a little bit of that phasing into what reality is really like needs to be sort of complementing that Islamic foundation piece. And it's just like the, the analogy I can think of is like a rubber band, right? If you stretch a rubber band too much, it's going to break, but you have to stretch it to the extent where it like maximizes its stretch without breaking. That's what's coming to my mind. So that, that was, that, that's how I look at it, but you guys can feel free to agree, disagree. Like, I, you know, I kind of agree with what Ismail said. I don't think, so when I come across this, like in a general conversation between people, I, I hear this a lot, like a thumbs or a bubble, and I hear it in two aspects. One aspect is someone who doesn't go to the Islamic school, and they'd be like, oh, Islamic is a bubble. And you feel it like a de derogatory thing, like they're telling you, like, you won't have the skills equipped to, like, handle life in the future because you don't know how to navigate life. That's one aspect that I generally hear it as. Another aspect, which I, um, and this one's a bit unfortunate that I hear it as because I heard this like in Islamic schools as well is where people will be like you don't know how to operate with like the opposite gender and that's why Islamic schools are bad so like to reply to the second one at first when people say like you don't know how to interact with the opposite gender maybe it was different from like middle school to high school but I felt like from high school to university and to whatnot it's not some magical magical formula that you need to learn like how to opposite with the other gender it's kind of like I don't want to say common sense but like Islamic schools are teaching you like the principles you have to stand by like how much can you like speak to someone or how should you speak to someone and like what type of respect should you show to someone when you're speaking to them but to say like oh it's a bubble you don't have to interact with them so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and make like a ton of like and I'm going to just go and talk with like a bunch of girls and whatnot just so I get that experience of like what real life is like so I heard this a lot and when I went to university like yeah there were cases where I had to talk to someone from like the opposite gender but I didn't feel like uncomfortable doing it or I didn't pause and think like how do I talk to this person and even at work for example we do a lot of meetings like with everyone it's not like there's just guys on our team like I sat next to like um a, a female colleague for one of my co-ops and it wasn't like some magical formula like it's not kept me in a bubble and I didn't know how to talk to her or anything it's not just taught me my principles and the box I'm kind of supposed to stay within and what my limits are when I'm interacting with them so I'm not sure if that's really a bubble to say quote unquote the second thing, uh, when people, I felt like they were saying, like, yeah, it's not reflective of real life. I agree with Ismail. It's not supposed to be reflective of real life. It's supposed to be an environment where, like, 
do you feel confident about your principles and why you choose to follow what you follow and to kind of like believe in that have a strong foundation and like live by that if the purpose was to like show you what real life is for everyone real life is different like if you're go- like as you said like when you went to your business program right people are partying a lot more and whatnot in my program i don't see that as much so can a school really prepare everyone for like different aspects of life is that really what the purpose of the school should be I agree with the reason. Yeah, no, everyone has different experiences. And uh, sorry, Yasmin, you wanted to go ahead. Yeah, no, you guys, um, you guys build, like, you guys have very good points. But for me, it was, you know, at the end of the day, like, I went through Islamic school since junior kindergarten. So that's like all I saw. And I saw, I saw Muslims and like the environment that I was at home. Like, my family was like very, like, my family's very religious mashallah and everything like that so i like in the my home environment too was very like religious so going into high school uh it, it, for me i felt like i personally i felt like i did come like i i, I was a part of a bubble and i didn't see uh i didn't see life the way like i didn't i didn't know people actually did drugs or like that kind of stuff i never knew like like this 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 image that I had of high school was like literally like the things that I saw on Disney Channel and some of it was true but like it was still like it was still a shock because I'm like I don't know how to deal with these people and um it it sort of came to the point where I fell into peer pressure and there were things where I shouldn't have done and but at and like I sort of sidetracked away from my Islam basically um and uh but like at the end of the day like i am who i am because of those foundations you know so uh i i I agree with what you guys said um that it's it it isn't it's it's tough now i i don't know know what to say because like i had a completely different perspective but you guys bring really good points um but yeah so i did feel a bubble um but at the end of the day i feel like maybe my family also had a role in teaching me what real life was and there could have been some things in in my elementary school that could have been more open like they could have talked about it more openly rather than keeping it taboo because in islam it's not taboo but it's more of like a culture thing that those these topics are taboo so yeah um i'm in the middle i'm stuck i don't know what else to say (laughs) No, thank all of you guys for sharing, and I'm just going to make a shout out. We have an entire episode dedicated to this whole, like, respectful gender interaction stuff. So you guys, the viewers, and you guys, if you choose to view that episode, we'll have a 45-minute deep dive into our own experiences, or, like, from, from like, a both guy and a girl's perspective, like, you know, what are some of the things that they like, dislike, with, uh, with respect to dealing with them. So, inshallah, it should be cool. I wanted to end this off on a bit of a lighter note and ask you guys, later down, whatever amount of years it is, if you were to have kids and you were to raise them in the western sort of world whether it be you know canada uk us like europe whatever um if you guys had kids would you send them to islamic schools knowing what your experiences have been like what your siblings have been like what all of ours has been like if uh, you had to make that decision and if you were to send them to what grade would you send them so I think you touched upon this as well, Fizan, that like sending your kids to Islamic school isn't the be-all solution. Like there's a lot of parenting that needs to be done at home. And we unfortunately do see that a lot with like Islamic schools. And um, so the thing is like Islamic school is kind of like a word. And I think like 
one of our teachers said this too. I forgot who it was that like there's a difference between an Islamic school and like a Muslim school. And what our school technically in a way is, is this a school with a bunch of Muslims? And what you have to look at is like the type of Muslims that go to that school, because that's who your kids are around and that's who they're influenced by. So if the Muslims that go to that school don't care about their deen, they don't care about like the values of Islam, they want to like uh, be a bit more, I don't want to say the word modern, but like, did you kind of get what I'm saying? They, they, they don't care about the religion as much. Your child will probably go down that path as well, even though it's an Islamic school uh, to say so. So what's more important is like the kids you surround yourself with. And this is one of the problems I see with Islamic schools. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's so expensive that you can't get oh, yeah. a lot of kids into these schools. If the fee is like $800, $850 a month, that's like university fee at that point, right? So like what type of kids are you bringing to your school? And the fact of the matter is you're getting really rich, high income people now, which maybe wasn't the case before. And I think it's somewhat, maybe it's a stereotype, but something that I've kind of seen, if you only have like that one group of people who are at the top of the chain, their views aren't always the views you might want to instill in someone, right? Their views might be a little bit different. You don't have that mixed thing anymore, which is a problem I see. So like some of my friends from Waterloo, we talk about this often. And one of the things that like people have recently been like sharing articles on and talking about is homeschooling. And that's something I think I might actually look into. Oh, interesting. Are you? Yes. Yeah. So, sorry, just to uh, uh, just to make sure. So you you were just saying that um, like a drawback of Islamic school, you'd say, is the uh, the fees. Is that correct? It's not more so the fees. It's like how high the fees are. You're cutting off so much potential that your kids yeah. could be surrounded with. They're only surrounded with like these high income people now. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get. I completely get that. I, I agree with like what you're saying. It's like I, it makes sense. Yeah. So the more the fees go up, the um, obviously like the less people will be able to join. But I think uh, it's also crucial for us to remember who causes fees to go up. Um, it's not, Islamic schools are nonprofit organizations, I believe. Um, they're not really in it for the profit. That's why our teachers get paid way less, although they care and they put way more effort. Um, and sometimes they're more qualified. Um, the thing is, is that we have to keep in mind that our Islamic schools are not um, like public or Catholic schools, they do not get any funding from the government. So everything that goes on in the school has to be funded by the parents. So I think what we need to take on as a community is that we need to push, I know, I, I believe it was Mac that recently tried to push for government funding like other, because uh, Catholic schools are a religious school, not a secular school, and they get funding. and. Islamic schools do not. So I think that if we really want to go after the issue of hiking up prices for tuition and um, basically the, um, taking out a, a potential population of Muslims that would like to attend Islamic school, I think the people we need to go after is uh, the provincial, or I think, is it provincial? I'm not sure. I, I believe it is provincial that um, that takes after education, but I, I'm, I could be wrong yeah. totally. But um, so yeah, I think that's, that's important to remember because I, I hear it often, like we, um, and it's a valid complaint, like, oh, we can't keep hiking up the prices, but like at the end of the day, uh, we've all seen our schools. They're not these lavish, luxurious, um, amusement park schools, but, and, and that's just because, and they're still hiking up the fees. It's because they're live like they have to cover at the end of the day, their expenses, um, and without any help from the government. So, so can I, I reply with, uh, two things? Yeah. 
so I agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah, it is uh, self-funded and whatnot, but there are different models that you can explore and try. One of them, which I know of a school, and I think it was Cambridge that did this, instead of having like a set fee, they sat the parents down, they looked through their financial situation, and took a percentage of their net income instead of having a flat fee for everyone. That way it's more fair for parents. And when you look at other schools, like within the GTA, more so that I think the East End, like towards uh, Scarborough, you see like other high schools, like for example, Nugget Mosque, IFT, they had like a really nice Islamic school. Their fee was, I think, 475 or 500 at the time when I was checking. And relation instance at the time was like 750. So it was a big jump. Obviously, there are differences that go into play, and I understand that. But I feel like at the end of the day, like with what the situation is, the fees are so high that the, if the question is like, would you send your kid to Islamic school? And you look at the situation right now, like here in Mississauga, at least, the fees for high schools are so high that you're only surrounded with those high-income families now. You're no longer surrounded. Like, for us, Fizan, I think you might remember this too. When we started, I think the fees were like 550, 600, and they just kept jumping in terms of like 850 right now or something, or 800. So yeah, yeah. the thing I is, like, I, I agree with what you're saying. It is something that you do need, but at the same time, when you think about should I send my kid here that's something you kind of have to consider still that the person this my child would be surrounded with is only this one section of society which is like the high income society yeah I think affordability is huge like I think wanting to do something versus being able to do something is uh, you, you guys are right it's completely different and that most people especially that we've come across have had multiple people in their time I suppose we know people who have had like three, four brothers and sisters in the same school because they're only separated about like a year or something like that. So you're right in that it funnels the the higher income sort of families and that's kind of the unfortunate reality. Yeah, I, I, and just to answer the main question, I, I think I didn't answer it. I definitely 1000% would send my kids to Sami school. And this is especially true if I uh, decide to reside in a country that is not Islamically uh, dominant population. Reason being is that I'm sure we are all aware, like from our experiences at university, we live in a very dangerous time where like all different kinds of ideas are out there, um, all different kind of uh, ideologies and different uh, schools of thought are being pushed out. And um, there's a lot of like nonsense out there. So, and definitely with like impressionable kids, um, I'd want them to have a good solid foundation. Um, however, they are free beings. Of course, they can, you know, choose for whatever they like um, afterwards, but I'd like them to have a solid non-biased uh, or as much as possible, like an Islamic upbringing. And then, you know, if they uh, see it fit through their logic and understanding, they could uh, pursue it further on their own. So one thing I don't think I would do is like go down the public school route. Like if I found like a good Islamic school that I believe in would be that. And the reason I don't think it would be down the public school route is because like I saw this within myself. So I went to Islamic school from grade four to grade five. And I noticed a big difference in the way people act and the way people view certain things. I think as, as we go down like uh, towards the future, society is becoming a bit more liberal to, to say so. And all of those values do clash with Islam and they don't align with Islam. And you're told your values are back, uh, backwards. So if you're growing up from a young age in an environment around that where you feel like you're different than everyone else, I don't think I would want to put uh, a child through that. Yeah, agreed, bro. Yeah, yeah no, I would, I, would, um, um, I would send my kids to an Islamic school uh, if given the chance because like it's 
for me, like, I want them to understand, like, it's, like, the foundations that they need, like, they, they need to know the five pillars, they need to apply it through their entire life and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's something important for me, and it's something that um, I would hopefully provide to them as well, inshallah. I think for myself, um, I'm just going to briefly mention what I mentioned earlier, in that like, Islamic parenting, I believe, is number one. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would, I'm not sure if I would send them to an Islamic school like from JK, but that's something I would try. Like for me, I started when I was in grade six, maybe around that age, maybe like grade four to six-ish is when I would start. And that's just because that up till when you're about eight to 10 years old, that's when you're still like clinging to your parents. You still listen to them and all mm-hmm. that. And I think those are the foundational years where you need to not only develop a relationship with your kids, but you need to tell, show them that they are you are their friends and you need to show them through action what religion really is so if i were to i would probably be a little bit more later it wouldn't be starting jk and the other thing i want to add is that in my own experience i was fortunate enough to be part of extracurriculars outside of my islamic school so for instance be playing soccer volunteering whatever whatever and slowly slowly when i talk about that phasing in process if it doesn't come from, from an Islamic school environment, it can come from uh, an organized environment where it's not being thrown at you. So, you know, you're not going to go play soccer and then someone's going to be like, oh, what are your thoughts on gay people? Like, it's not going to happen. Likely not, right? Mm-hmm. So just like getting them involved slowly with acclimating to what real life, sort of speak, is in the context of what we're speaking is something that I think is vital because then it's not a huge shock when they do make that transition to like university, for example. So that's just like a long-winded way of saying before like grade three to five, I wouldn't. And then from there onwards, I would like it if I could afford it for X amount of kids, whatever, uh, to continue throughout high school. I agree with you, Faisal. Cool. But yeah, I guess that's going to be our way of ending it off. I just want to say thank you so much for your, taking the time i know it's a friday so you guys are probably you know eager to go do something like studying for my guy here partying uh, partying with the, with the samosas and the rosa, get yeah. lit yeah get lit before Maghreb. <laughs> um but yeah no honestly thank you guys thank you for sharing your stories i know um it's uh it's hard sometimes to open up about these things and we hope that if anyone from these schools are listening, we it was never, never our intention to talk bad about anything. It was just, you know, for us to give a candid view of what our experiences are. And if any of the faculty or teachers that we know are listening to this, we hope you take this in a meaningful way. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 